Good morning, I'm Reese Tebow from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202. It's Monday, December 28th. James is out for the holidays, but I'm here instead with the stories you need to know. In today's news, authorities have identified the man responsible for an explosion in downtown Nashville on Christmas morning. The 63-year-old was killed in the blast. And Vladimir Putin is accelerating his push toward full-blown authoritarian control in Russia. But first, the big idea. At the 11th hour, late on Sunday, President Trump signed the stimulus bill into law. His decision averts a government shutdown and releases $900 billion in stimulus funds that he had held up for nearly a week. Trump finally signed the bill while vacationing in Florida and after changing his mind repeatedly, according to three people close to him. This comes less than a week after he demanded changes to the legislation, and he hinted that he wouldn't sign it unless those demands were met. He has called the bill a, quote, disgrace. It's not clear what changed his mind on Sunday, but he was under tremendous pressure from Republicans to acquiesce. My colleague Sungmin Kim Jeff Stein, Mike DeBonis, and Josh Dossi have been on top of this fast-moving story. The government would have shut down on Tuesday if Trump hadn't acted. In addition to government funding, the bill also included emergency pandemic relief money for a new round of stimulus checks, unemployment aid, and small business assistance. The bill passed Congress with bipartisan support one week ago, and Trump's own Treasury Secretary praised it and even helped negotiate it. But one day later, Trump shocked both parties by releasing a video demanding changes. Among other complaints, he said the stimulus checks should be $2,000 per person instead of $600. But by holding out, Trump imperiled many millions of Americans whose unemployment benefits and eviction protections would have lapsed. Those families who have lost their jobs during the pandemic and are still struggling had no choice but to await the president's decision. Lawmakers in both parties were furious with Trump in the days and hours before he eventually signed the bill. One person who spoke with Trump recently said the president didn't talk about the economic relief bill or the government funding deadline. Instead, this person said Trump was far more focused on his failed effort to reverse the results of the November presidential election. And that's the big idea. Here are the two other stories that should be on your radar. Police say the man responsible for detonating an RV in Nashville's tourist district on Christmas Day was Anthony Quinn Warner. Warner killed himself in the explosion, which also rocked the downtown area. It damaged more than 40 businesses, including an AT&T building, causing widespread internet and cellular outages. Local police and the FBI are still investigating a motive. My colleagues Michael Cranish, Paulina Ferrosi, Brandon Gee, and Merrill Cornfield have been following the story. Their reporting shows that Warner was an unmarried man who rarely left his home in nearby Antioch, Tennessee. Neighbors describe him as reclusive, and they say he protected his home with an array of security cameras. His cousin said Warner was a quiet guy. Witnesses of the blast recounted a bizarre scene. Before it blew up, the RV began playing a recorded warning, alerting bystanders that the vehicle was armed with a bomb and would explode. A 15-minute countdown followed. The RV then began playing a song, Downtown, by Petula Clark, before it detonated, shaking the surrounding buildings and honky-tonk bars. Warner was the only known casualty. While authorities still don't know why Warner did it, 
experts say the damage to the AT&T building, whether it was the target or not, shows the vulnerability of U.S. critical infrastructure, like communication systems. The bombing underscores the need to move key equipment to safer locations or to build in plenty of backup options. One former FBI official said, quote, this is a wake-up call. And our final story comes from The Post's Moscow bureau chief, Robin Dixon. The Kremlin is awaiting what it fears will be a hostile new Biden administration. Meanwhile, Russia President Vladimir Putin is shifting course on two fronts. At home, his regime is quickly becoming more autocratic. And abroad, he is escalating his defiant rhetoric against the United States. Putin has seen his popularity slowly decline. His move to double down against both the West and opponents at home reflects a perception of them as enemies who are working hand-in-hand to undermine Russia. Putin has always been a pugnacious leader who enjoys thumbing his nose at Western liberalism, but he is now sending more strident signals to Biden and an administration he views as packed with Russophobes. Russia's deputy foreign minister said recently that U.S.-Russian relations are going, quote, from bad to worse. And he said the country doesn't expect anything good from President-elect Joe Biden. At the same time, experts say new repressive laws signal Russia's move from partial to all-out authoritarianism. The new legislation makes it harder to protest and easier for the state to target opposition figures and activists. It gives authorities broad scope to brand individuals as foreign agents. And the government is also moving to curb foreign websites like Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And on top of all that, the new laws guarantee Putin, who can legally stay in power until 2036, a lifetime of immunity from prosecution. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, December 28th. Thanks for listening. I'm Reese Tebow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.